0: This week, Father Paul continues his discussion of Genesis chapter 25, reminding us that the more you know Scripture, the more you know Scripture. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. One more time, I need to repeat that, you know. One has to know Scripture, and my classic statement is the more you know scripture, the more you know scripture. You don't have to read books and go to the seminary because then you will learn theology obviously. But verse 5 is important, 5 and 6, because it underscores still the uniqueness of Isaac. But we should all remember that Isaac is very tricky because he did not come out of the human seed of Abraham. We know the story of Abraham and Sarah laughing at God and so on and they were too old and Sarah did not have any more her menstruation, and the people say, well, uh, yeah, but you know, it could have happened that the text does not say that he did not sleep with her. I mean, that's ridiculous. The text says that he slept with Hagar, but it doesn't say that he slept with Sarah because it's ridiculous. And that is the whole story of Isaac. Once more, God is making fun of us. But that's not how we approach it theologically, you know. Because we want to be like Isaac. But according to Paul, to be like Isaac means to be the son of the promise. Very interesting, this Galatians. He doesn't say the first one was according to the flesh, the second one, according to the spirit, which is the classic, if you like, pair in Paul. But specifically at that point, and only at that point, he refers to Isaac as being according to the promise. Again, very important to remember the texts, the way they were written, not the way they were reflected in Sunday school material. And this uniqueness of Isaac is underscored in verse six, where we hear, but the sons of his concubines. So the text is a little bit specific here, that the women with whom Abraham slept are not considered his wife. But the wife of Abraham, Sarah, And again, that's the trick. She gave birth to Isaac according to the promise of God, without the intervention of Abraham. So they went eastward to the east country. This is an expression that grims you back to Eden and outside Eden and so on and so forth. But it is the earth on which we all live. But Isaac is special and yet still before moving to the Toledot of Isaac we have again a very important aside these are the days of the years of Abraham's life a hundred and seventy-five years Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age an old man full of years and was gathered to his people You see how the English, to his people you think to his skin. This is the only way you understand it and don't tell me no. But the original Hebrew is his people's. This is intended. This reminds me of my comments on Ezekiel, where we have... In English, people, whereas in Hebrew we have Peoples speaking of Israel as one nation. And I explained there that the author on purpose is equalizing between the stubbornness of Israel and that of the nations, And Ezekiel pushes the issue by saying, well, they will not listen to you, although if I would have sent you to people whose language you do not know, they will readily accept your message. These are ironic twists. And again, I know my hearers are tired of my stressing this point, but I cannot afford not to stress it. Unless you convince yourself that you have to look for irony in scripture, you will never understand it. You see how all of us are very serious about ourselves. Listen for instance to a bulk of Christians that speak so highly of the theology of their own church and are ironical when they refer to the theology of another church. It's classic, but this is not what the Bible is leading you to. So he was gathered to his peoples, you have to hear it in the original. And then, without repeating, we have Isaac and Ishmael gathered together with, at the occasion of the burial of their father in the field of Ephron, the Hittite east of Mamre and then at the end, they will both be buried there. Okay, the field which Abraham purchased from the Hittites. Then Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. You remember Genesis 23, he wanted that place to bury. And after the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac, his son. And then the second part of 11, Again, very interesting, which I know we hear it that it is in the text, but it's not functional in our mind. Be'er la Hairoi is exactly the place where God or the Lord appeared to Hagar in the wilderness. The same Hagar that is the mother of Ishmael I mean this cannot be happenstance just take it away let's hear it without this last part again that's my methodology try it yourself try it with any text Isaac and Ishmael's son buried him there Abraham was buried with Sarah his wife after the death of Abraham God blessed Isaac his son and then you have These are the descendants or the Toledot of Ishmael. I'll be commenting on that. But Isaac dwelt at 'er Be'er Lahairoi. According to the hearer, it is not functional. But if it is there, it must be functional. And I made my comment on that. And then the last strike is before moving, to the Toledot of Isaac in verse 19, suddenly we hear about the Toledot of Ishmael. It is very impressive. Again, the classic thing is to take it as a parenthesis and we don't have to linger too much about let's move to Isaac, our hero. Well, uh, I think... One should always start learning literature by listening to the Iliad, because you don't know who the hero is. There are quite a few, one after the other. That's what the story wants to tell you, and then you have to submit. These are the Toledot of Ishmael. Notice, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's maid, bore to Abraham. I mean, the underscoring cannot be missed. And thus ultimately these are the grandchildren of Abraham. And then you hear about so many names again without entering again in detail. I mean the original again has its value because You know, the names are reflective of meanings, but let's not go on that tangent. And then, to stress that God is interested in Ishmael and his progeny, the way he will be interested in Esau and his progeny, we have a full chapter about the Toledot of Esau, meaning that God never forgets anyone. Those who are special, are special in the project of God. In other words, you are functional in a special way. But the other people are also functional in the Bible. Remember the three sons of Noah. And the text is really generous to Ishmael and stresses that. Listen to verse 16, these are the sons of Ishmael and these are their names, bar their villages and by their encampments, and the last phrase is extremely important, 12 princes according to their tribes. I mean, this is unmissable that the text is equalizing between the progeny of Ishmael and the progeny of Isaac from the perspective of God. It doesn't mean that the two have the same function in the plan of God. Let me jump to the New Testament where people you know, speak about Peter and Paul and so on. Well. Yes, but their function is totally in opposition. Peter betrayed the agreement regarding the gospel. And Paul never forgets that, not only in Galatians, but in 2 Corinthians at the end, he speaks about his nemesis, the other apostles, as... Diakoni to Satana, ministers of Satan. I mean, that's no joke. So, we should learn this. And let me jump to these two examples of the Nahash, the so-called serpent, the beast of the field in genesis 3 and satan in the book of job there would not have been a story without them which means they are important in the story but the functions is different let me repeat we are not allowed Unless we are baptized in exceptionalism and obviously every one of us considers oneself as exceptional. (laughs) I mean, this is obvious. If we start going on that path and imagine that per se you are exceptional, then you end up, you know, as you know, we're living all this and... uh, racism and colonialism and so on and so forth and is a lesser uh, follow the news about uh, all these cemeteries in the canadian camps or schools i mean it's uh, it's the way it is so if we need to keep the hope that is offered us in scripture we should start to be serious about it and then These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years, he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people's. Notice the English, with Abraham it says people, or at least the RSV, and here kindred. In other words, you choose nice words to express something that would please your hearers. This is not how the scripture works. I mean, scripture is irritating because it doesn't please anyone. So he was gathered to his peoples. Again, equalization between Ishmael and Abraham. And they dwelt from Havilah to Shur. Very important. Remember that Havilah is part of the scriptural word between the four rivers in Genesis 2, and sure is important in the story of the Exodus, which is opposite Egypt in the direction of Assyria, that's a very interesting text. I mean, Assyria is very far away, but this is the twist of the Bible that already is linking, because the author knows what The author is saying, you know, he knows the entire Bible before writing it. But you as hearers slowly on, you will realize that these two places are connected with the exile of the people in the Bible. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.